0: If you will uh, take your Bible or open up the uh, Bible app, if you have the church app, and uh, we're going to look at the scriptures this morning in First uh, or Second Corinthians chapter one, verses one through seven. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses one through seven. <clears throat> I've been on a uh, series of none greater, and looking at things in the Bible that there is nothing greater than that. Now, I want to ask you this question, if you would take just a moment. Any of you got one of these? (laughs) Many of you are thinking different things. A blanket, a spotty blanket. This is my granddaughter, Gia's blanket. It's what some people will call a security blanket, which basically means she feels comfort when she has this. This is her source of comfort. Matter of fact, we've had a couple of meltdowns at our house when Gia has come to spend the night to just realize that her blankie is not in her bag, and she, she likes it. This side is a little rougher texture, and this side is a little softer, and so she wants to feel that soft side that gives her comfort, and therefore, a lot of people call it security blankets. Now, as I say that, most of us are in here in adults, so you're thinking, I don't have a... Security blanket, or something that I have to have. We don't call them security blankets in adulthood. Sometimes we call them those things that we kind of have addictions to, or something that we are drawn to in a time of when we're struggling in our life. And so we could call it a source of comfort. What is your source of comfort in a time of? going through trials or difficulties in your life, what brings comfort into your life and makes the pain feel a little less? Maybe it's not a blanket like Gia's is, which I just found it's got a tire in it, so I'm going to give that to Meemaw because she's going to have to sew it. (laughs) Maybe it's not that blanket, but there's many of us have a source that we go to for comfort when we're going through a difficulty in our life, when we're facing a trial or trouble or a challenge. And for some people, they turn to different things. It might be a security blanket of some source. It might be alcohol. It might be a pill. For some people, they just run away. And for others, they find some source of pleasure that will kind of cover it up or kind of ease the pain when they're going through a challenge. But yet, as we look to the Scriptures today, we find that the Apostle Paul tells us that the ultimate comfort that we get, the ultimate source of comfort, is God. Now, if you don't know much about the Apostle Paul, you could say, well, you know, that's his opinion, and I don't mean that's the source or the ultimate source of comfort for all of us when we're going through a difficulty in our life. And by the way, this Apostle Paul, has is, is he really got any expertise to Tell us, I mean, does he have a psychology degree, or how could he tell us that God is the ultimate source of comfort? Now, the Apostle Paul studied under some of the greatest religious teachers of that day, but it was his personal experiences where he could say, I've been there, and I've experienced it. That's what qualifies him to tell us what the ultimate comfort is. You see, the Apostle Paul was one that if we look to the Scriptures, we see that he had been beaten almost to the point of death. He had been stoned and left for dead. He had been shipwrecked in a storm at a point that many lives, or many lives could have been lost, but they were saved by his prayers. In that storm afterwards, he was bitten by a poisonous snake, and he had been deserted by many friends and those who said that they would work alongside him. So I look at all those things and a man who has been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been deserted, he's been shipwrecked, he's been put in prison, he's been in chains. I say, there's a guy who knows what it means to say, I need some comfort to go through troubles and trials and to know what the ultimate source of comfort is. And he says, it's God. No greater comforter than God. Let's look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter one. I'm reading this out of the NIV this morning in verses one through seven, it says Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints throughout Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice there in that verse thir- or two that. He's addressing grace to the church of Corinth. He's addressing peace to them. And he tells them that the source of grace and peace comes from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before I read the next few verses, I want you to understand that the church of Corinth was a place where there was a lot of merchandising going on, there was a lot of uh, buying and selling, it was a place of great popularity. And with places where there's a lot of money dealings and a lot of popularity, there is also a lot of sources of sin. And if we were to read through all the writings of Paul to Corinth in 1st and 2nd Corinthians, we would find that he had to address a lot of sin issues in this new growing church. And a lot of things that we would hope would never exist in our church, he had to address. So it was a place of great merchandising, of great wealth, but a lot of sin And also a lot of suffering. And so Paul's saying grace and peace to you. And he says in verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can be comforted by those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. So he's saying here in that verse 3 that God the Father, who is the Father of all compassion and comfort, He comforts us in our troubles. And we can just read that, our troubles. And it just, you know, it's just a word, troubles. We know what that is. It's having a hard time, you know, struggling a little bit. But the word that was used in the Greek language would be most accurately translated in just our plain language of just taking a bad beating from life. The word troubles there was not, okay, you know, I'm having a little trouble, you know, paying my bills, or I've had some back aches, or it's talking about, man, I have been beat up by life. I've been going through some trials. I've been going through some challenges in my life. I've had some heartaches that have hit me, that type of troubles. And then in the midst of that, he says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Now look at what he says in verse 5. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, that don't sound too exciting, does it? Just like Jesus Christ experienced some suffering in his life, the Apostle Paul says those things as Christians, they flow over in our lives. Matter of fact, the Lord said that the world did not like him. They hated him. And likewise, the world will hate us. And if somebody hates you, there's going to be some troubles that come with that. So in verse 5, he says, For just as the sufferings of Christ flow where we're into our, our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. So he says, Yes, we do experience bad things in our life. We experience suffering, but also the comfort comes into our life. And comfort is like just filling a cup to the rim and just overflowing. And that overflowing is not to be wasted. But the comfort that God gives us is to overflow out of our lives so that we can comfort someone else who's going through the same trials. And I believe with all my heart that God allows us to go through many things of trials and struggles in our life so that when we're walking along someone else who especially, especially doesn't know God, doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, So that we can say, I know how you feel. And when they say, no, you don't know how I feel, Uh uh-huh, I've felt the same thing. And it makes no difference what you go through in life, no matter what your troubles are. There's somebody who's going through the same thing. Someone who has experienced the same thing. As I was studying and reading about this overflowing into other people's lives and reading stories of other people who have gone through tragedies in their life and... They have used those tragedies to touch somebody else's life. I read about Luther and Rosemary Smith who had three boys and both of the, uh, the husband and the wife had gone to pharmaceutical school and they had pharmacies that they had established and they had got to where they established those in Hilton Head and they had a prospering business. Now they had two or three pharmacies going on. Their boys were growing up, thought that they were developing a great life for their boys. And at the age of 18 and 15, two of the boys were riding together, had been on a trip, and were coming back home, anxious to get home, and were in an accident, and it killed both of them. And when both of those boys were killed, that father and that mother didn't take that and say, why did God do this, but said, God has given us an opportunity to comfort others. And so they are constantly pouring packets of comfort, and how to make it through loss into other people's lives because of what they experience. They're letting it overflow into other people's lives. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in verse 6, If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. The Apostle Paul was one that he knew what it was to go through it, and yet he said God is the God and Father of all comfort. And what is it that gives us comfort from God the Father? What is it that gives us that comfort? sense of security and that everything is going to be okay that we're going to make it through this because in those scriptures the apostle Paul never said that the God and father of all compassion and comfort will never let you go through a problem he didn't say that did he he just said that when you go through it he's going to give you comfort and that when you make it through it he's going to use that for you to comfort somebody else What is it that gives us comfort from God the Father? As I looked at these scriptures, I found that one of the things that just leaped out of me to the scriptures is the fact that our relationship with God gives us comfort. When we're going through a difficulty in our life, our relationship with God gives us comfort. And I believe that's why the Apostle Paul, he said, God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, and that He is the Father of compassion, and He's the God of comfort. What is He doing there? He's reminding us that God who created, He used the word God, right? He, the God that created the Yahweh, the, the Adonai, our personal God, the one that created everything and is the God of our life, is the same one who has you in His hands, and He is like a Father. As the Apostle Paul said, in one scripture he is, Abba, Daddy. He's my Daddy. You know, there's nothing sweeter to a father than to hear from their child, Daddy. Now, you don't hear kids very often say, Father, do you? They are the Father, but you hear them say, Daddy, most of the time, don't you? Even my grandkids, sometimes they call me Gigi or G-Daddy. And sometimes they just get everything mixed up and they just call me Daddy. And they're, even though I'm not their Daddy, I'm their Granddaddy, there's just a sense of like just love just overcomes you. Because they called you Daddy. It's that connection, that sense of comfort that you are in their hands. You know, a lot of people don't believe that. Young people, especially youth, really have deep connections with moms and dads nowadays. But I read of a survey that the Associated Press did in connection with all things MTV, which I do not encourage or promote. And I bet this was kind of a shocker to them when they found out. But they tried to survey young people, and in the ages between 13 and 24 they found some shocking things. And that was that 50% of those between the ages of 13 and 24 said that their idol or the person they looked up to was either their father or their mother. And for those ladies who are wondering, the women did get the higher percentage. 29% said their mom was their idol. 21% said the dad was. So us men got to work on that a little bit. But 50% of the children... The young people, the teenagers, said that that was where they looked up to. Might be a shocker to some people minded in the world today. The other thing that they found out in this age of 13 to 24 was that they found out that they said that they are the happiest moments. Listen, if you listen, say amen. amen. Their happiest moments in life are with their family. Is that a shocker to some- their happiest moments in life is not hanging out with their buddies or fooling around with their girlfriend or boyfriend, but it is when they're with their family. That's their happiest moments in life. And so when the Apostle Paul was talking about getting comfort, he says, God, the Father of compassion and God, the Comforter, who gives us all comfort in all troubles, you know what that relates to today, doesn't it? That our relationship with God, when we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior, and we know that God, that created the world, who sustains life, who breathed into our nostrils and gave us the breath of life, He is our Father and our Comforter. So I can look at what the Apostle Paul says and say, I agree with him. Our relationship with God gives us comfort, but also the assurance, the reassurance that God knows how we feel and therefore knows how to comfort us in our need. That gives us comfort, doesn't it? You know, I told you that a lot of times when you're walking alongside life with somebody, especially a, that's not a Christian, and they, they're struggling, you say, I know how you feel, and they're thinking, no, 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 you don't know how I feel. And you can say, oh, yes, I do. I've been there, I've done that, I've gone through that. Well, the Bible as addressed addresses Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible tells us in Hebrews... That we don't have a a high priest or a heavenly father who doesn't understand the trials and the things that we go through. But through Jesus Christ, he experienced all those things. Just read Hebrews 4, chapter 4 and 5, and you'll see that it says that he is one who understands. You see, Jesus Christ himself knew what it was to be mocked and made fun of. He knew what it was to be deserted by other people. He knew what it was to be beaten to death. He knew every phase of life. He knew all our temptations and our sufferings. And yet, without sin, he lived out his life. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, it says, And so you can come to him with confidence, with boldness. Not boldness of demanding anything, but confidence to know that He's going to give you grace and mercy in your time of need. The reassurance that God knows how we feel and what we're going through and what we need to give us comfort, gives us comfort. But also God's resources to meet our needs gives us comfort. You see, the Bible tells us, if you go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, it says that my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. That means that no matter what I am needing in my life, that not only does God the Father know and understand that, because Jesus Christ has been through it, but He also has the resources to meet those needs in our life. And you might be struggling spiritually, and God's got the resources to meet that need. You might be struggling financially. God's got the resources to meet that need. You might be struggling physically and God has the resources to meet that need, God's resources can meet every one of our needs, and that should give us comfort. Now, I don't know if Gia knows it or not, but that, that blanket, it's not going to ever pay any bills for her. And that blanket is not ever going to put food on her table. But when she prays, she prays to God, and she knows that God's going to bless that food for her. God's resources will meet our needs. But I look at these scriptures and I'm reminded too that that God's richness of His love for us comforts us. The richness of God's love just gives us a sense of comfort that He loves us so much. Surely, He's going to work all things out for our good. And then suddenly I remember Romans chapter 8 that says that God works together all things for our good. For those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. If I'm striving to walk in a relationship with God and I'm striving to do what He desires for my life, then I have the assurance that He has rich love for me. Matter of fact, in Romans chapter 8, if you go on to read after you read the part about that God is working all things together for our good, meaning good, bad, and ugly, He's, he's got a mixture that's going to come out. I've heard some, have you ever heard of a recipe that somebody tells you and you're going, yuck? But then you eat it and it's like, yum. And you think it just don't, that wouldn't you wouldn't think it. And I know some people in the in the, the sanctuary that you have certain things that you don't like. Matter of fact, I played a trick on Billy Hughes one time. It was long years ago, and he was eating, I think it was some muffins that Joyce made or something else. And he said, man, these are good. He said, what's they have in it? I said, mayonnaise. He went, ah. He don't like mayonnaise, so if anybody gives Billy something, they'll put no mayonnaise in it. And then I've, I remember eating something one time, and they, somebody said, well, it's got uh, chocolate. And I'm going, yeah. And it's got chili powder, and I'm going, What? Chocolate and chili powder? They said, yeah, there's just something about that chili powder that gives that chocolate a little kick. Somehow God knows how to take all the things of life that seem to kick us around and put a little sweetener to it, and it just all turns out good. The richness of God's love. You see, if you read on in Romans chapter 8, it says, What can separate us from the love of God? Can trials, can powers of Satan... And then it says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. The richness of God's love comforts me to know He's going to work it all out for my good. And then the last thing I see from the Scriptures is the reasoning that God allows us to suffer is so that we can comfort others. That gives us comfort. It's not just God wants us to just grow up and quit being babies, but it's God's using us. God allows us to go th- through trials and troubles so that we can comfort other people, just like I told you about Luther and Rosemary Smith. But as I was thinking about this message, I talked to Robert Bearden. I'm going to ask Robert to come up because Robert is one who's he's had some, some challenges in his life lately. But God has been with Robert in a mighty way, and I want you to hear his testimony.
1: Okay, so most of y'all know the story of what happened to me. we have been at Disney World for a week, had a good time. But on that Friday, when I kissed my daughter's goodbye to go home, little did I know two hours later, I'd be hit by a semi-truck on my Harley. I mean, when you wake up and you realize you should be dead, the 40,000 pounds hit you and you're on a motorcycle. But being the typical man, when I woke up the next morning at the hospital, my mom told me what happened to me. I said, how's my bike? (laughs) <laughs> you know, But, I mean, it broke my foot, my ankle, the meniscus in both knees, pelvic bone fracture in two places, fractured hip, two broke ribs, and then ended up a month later with surgery on my hip. Now, while I was in the hospital, and I don't think I've ever told Brett about this, but is any of y'all out The Walking Dead? I love that show, but it's not so funny when you wake up and think you're in it. Because I, I literally, found me laying in the floor of the hospital room where I'd pulled my braces off my legs and come out was trying to get out of the hospital. But he, just, Satan was tormenting me in my mind at the time through hallucinations and dreams. But I can't, I've never been a yet to say, God, why me? I said, okay, God, you kept me alive and I should be dead. What do you want me to do? And that's the way I've looked at things. And my daughters, I love them to death, and they took care of me. And I still got a long road ahead. I was not able to walk for close to five months, and you don't realize how hard that is till you have to rely on everybody for everything. But God has blessed me tremendously, and I-, I can't even begin to thank Him. But at the time when I got my mind to me, I called Brett. And I doubt he could understand anything I was saying because I was crying. But I was telling him I was going to be home next week in the hospital. I wanted him, the deacons, to come anoint me with oil because I knew that's what the Bible said I needed to do. Well, the night they come and done that, the next day the, the therapist ladies kept telling me, you're getting strong so much quicker. And I said, it's God. And my strength just come back and it was wide open and I just kept saying, it's God doing it. It's not me. One of the therapist lady says, no matter how level, this high thing I set for you, you achieve it and get better. And I said, well, it's God. And a month after I was the accident, I'm thinking I'm getting to go home because they're talking to me about getting to go home. They come to my room and said, you got to have surgery. And that bothered me out. But okay, I said, okay, God, whatever you need me to do. During, before the surgery, I was kind of panicking because I'd never been put to sleep like that since I was a little kid. But a calmness come over me right before the surgery and I just knew God was saying, you're going to be okay. And I woke up at night and I've got a foot-long scar up the side of my leg and my top of my backside right there and It was some pain in the tail, really, literally. Because when you have to sit on it, it's not fun. But I just can't begin to tell you how well I feel blessed by God. And people who said, 2016 is so bad, I'm ready for 2017. I said, I was hit by an 18 wheel and I love 2016 because God showed up. He blessed me more than I've ever been blessed in my life. And Tony and Jasmine gave me a hard time when I was turning 45. said, I should have been dead at 44. 45 looks good. You'll never argue about a birthday again, I promise you. And people think I'm crazy because I'm going to get another motorcycle. But what you need to understand is... There's where my ministry's at. And you can ask Tony because she goes with me about everywhere I go doing that. And you meet people and you minister to people that not being me but most Christians when they pull up beside them at red light they'll reach over and lock their door because they're scared of them. But when you get to know the people you just love them. And that's where God's put me. That's where my ministry's at. And I'm, I'm a firm believer now. You're not going to die until God's ready for you to die because I should have been dead on laying on the side of I-95 and God said, not yet. So whatever God's got for me in my future, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I, I, I love him for it. And I love this church because you were all there for me, you know, encouraging words or phone calls or whatever. But I just encourage you, no matter what Satan throws at you, just look to God because God's going to pull you through it. That's right. Because even now they're telling me that my left knee might have to be replaced later in my life. But that's okay. God will be there with me that too. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, he's, he's there. That's right. And that's the way I look at it and I believe it here. And it, I mean, I have pictures if y'all want to see them. Some of them are not. If you don't have a strong stomach, you, I mean, you look in your motorcycle and you're... Stuff that was in your bags it all scattered all over I-95. I mean, it shut the interstate down for five and a half hours. It was that much stuff scattered everywhere. But no matter what, God loves me. That's right. And he's pulled me through a lot in my life and, and, and so much I can't even begin to tell you, but he's always been there for me no matter what I went through. Even before I became a Christian, God was there for me. And I don't I know that now, but I didn't know that then. But if I can encourage you one way or the other, if you want to talk, we'll talk. I'll show you the pictures. I mean, you really don't understand how much God pulled me through till you see those pictures of the accident scene. Mm. Because we found them on our news website somewhere. But If anything I can do for any of y'all, if you need to talk, you come talk to me. Because, we'll, I mean, if God pulled me through he can pull you for anything you go through. That's
0: right.
1: I got a long road ahead, but it's okay. Amen. Being anyway, Brent, that's. Amen. You're
0: welcome. Amen. God's a God of all comfort. And the question is not whether God knows what you're going through and whether He has the ability to give you the comfort. It's whether the question is whether you really trust Him to take care of your needs, to give you the comfort, and then use you to help somebody else. Lord, we come to you this morning and Lord, we thank you, God, for your love, your mercy and your grace. God, we thank you, Lord, for the comfort that you gave Robert to make it through all of that from the wreck and the healing process and still the process that he's in right now. And Lord, I know that if you were a God of comfort for him hitting by a 40,000 pound tractor trailer, Lord, I'm sure that you're going to be the comfort for whatever hits anybody in this life today, tomorrow, next week, throughout this year. So God, I pray that for someone that's going through a trial a difficulty, Lord, I pray, God, that you give them comfort and strength. And Lord, I pray that they would look to you, not a a bottle of alcohol, not a pill, not something to drown the sorrow or the confusion or the uncertainty, But Lord, they would look to you and to know that there's something brighter and something better that you're going to bring them through. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise and the honor and glory for all that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.